Ember Moon and Tony Storm return. Mustafa Ali is revealed as Retribution's leader. Who the hell thought that was a good idea? Cody regains the TNT title. We celebrate 30 years of Jericho. NXT gets a new look, and Halloween Havoc finally returns with Shotzi as the host. But we're not as cool as she is. I'm Chris the Heat Matthews. He's Garrett G. Money Mun, and he's the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland. And you're listening to 62 of the WrestleGet. And I'm coming at you live from a hotel room. Missing a kidney. One, two, this on? Well, let me talk to you. A little bit of the bubbly. Money, money, yeah, yeah. Ah! It's not hot! going on guys nice. uh, nothing much lot. man just walking around through the mountains crawl back to his Gary you good I'm breathing kind of heavy over there that is not me that's not you that is not me breathing heavy <laughs> Carl are you looking at Sonny's OnlyFans again um, no, I'm just trying to hold the mic close to my mouth. It was Garrett coming, you couldn't hear me. Oh, if you do whatever <laughs> you want, man, you're good, man. I do got a couple of uh, lines of cocaine here on the uh, vanity. I was thinking about snorting them. Well, I mean, you need to do something to dull that pain of missing a kidney. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right, so um, I've got no follow up from last week. Um, you guys got? Anything? Um, I can't remember last week. To be honest, what did we talk about? <laughs> I, I don't remember. Oh, uh, uh, takeover! Takeover! <laughs> takeover was last week. Takeover. We'll have the uh, results. We'll go over the results from that a little later. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, not much for that. Um, I hope you all enjoyed Garrett's rendition of Kiss Me by Sixpence and I'm the Richer. He actually uh, got a record deal. He's yeah, flying he's out a- to uh, Nashville to become a contemporary Christian artist. <laughs> he's, up, uh, he's going big time. big time. What was that dude from American Idol? Christian guy. Oh, um, William Hung or something like that. Yep, I heard uh, got a duet coming out with him. That's Hung. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Garrett's holding some mistletoe. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I heard that's what the album cover was. <laughs> oh. All right, let's uh let's jump into the news. All right, so New Japan Pro Wrestling is under new management. So it looks like the possibility of a working relationship with AEW may be more likely on the horizon. Um nothing really written in stone yet, all just purely circumstantial 
a lot of people do not. I guess there's a lot of uproar on that on Twitter that I saw um, over the weekend with was last night. Uh, Tanahashi was on AEW for the Jericho 30th celebration thing, uh, talking about you know Jericho's 30 years, and then like there's like a whole lot of uproar of people like, oh, they're definitely working with New Japan, and people are like, God, I hope they don't work with New Japan. Like it's it'd be like a it's beneath New Japan to work with AEW. Just a lot of AEW haters out there. Yep. Well, I think there's a lot of people that kind of over glorify New Japan. Yeah. And a lot of people, too, just want to see more of um, Okada and uh, Omega and more of the uh, Ibushi Omega uh, storyline that was going on in Japan. But, I mean, I'm cool with it. I just want to see more of the, the Japanese guys get some more love in the U.S., um, or more like TV time, more ring time as of, you know, because we got that great deal with Ring of Honor a few years back, which brought more, you know, that's how I first saw Kushida was through Ring of Honor and like a couple other like guys like Okada and Tanahashi and things like that. And I think exposing more of the Japanese talent to the U.S. through AEW or through like a partnership like they had with Ring of Honor I mean, just kind of benefits both companies because you're getting more people in there that they can run storylines with. And then New Japan gets more of that U.S. exposure. So when they do run more U.S. shows, there's more potential of them selling out faster when things get back to normal or, you know, better TV deals, things like that. Or like a kick-ass video game. Like WCW yes. versus the world. Um, maybe we need an AEW versus the world. Maybe. I'm good. I'm good, though. Um, yeah, I'm good with Fire Pro Wrestling. Because <laughs> that last one they put out that had, like, all the Bullet Club and the Elite members and stuff, and it was pretty solid. Oh, what else we got? So um, Netflix has canceled Glow. Pretty bummed about that. Really enjoyed that show. Have you guys watched any of Glow? Uh, no. Uh, well, definitely check it out. You got uh, three seasons to watch. You Now you don't have to wait for a fourth one. <laughs> uh, so they're not, they're not proceeding with the fourth season due to COVID. They had started filming uh, pre-COVID, but uh, they're not going to release any of the footage that they filmed prior uh, to anything that. So, unfortunately, they won't be tying anything up. Uh, from the series, so how it ended at the end of season three is what we are for the foreseeable future. So, clicks for canceling shit. Right. Uh, and a bit of lighthearted news: uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, the uh, the lovable kids mascot thingy. You know, everybody loves Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, wants in on the draft. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese had tweeted WWE on Fox that they want in on the draft, that Chuck E. wants in on the draft. And proposed Munch's make-believe band versus the Firefly Funhouse in a ball pit match. Well, um, amazing. if we can't get the uh, <laughs> Freddy Fazbear, uh, 
<laughs> That's what the kids really want to see is fucking Chucky versus Freddy. Um, and a, a fall count anywhere uh, pizzeria brawl. <laughs> I'm good with a uh, Munch's make-believe band versus the Firefly Funhouse ball pit match. Rambling Rabbit taking on <laughs> taking on the gang. I'm, I'm guessing your, your kids ain't yeah. into the Five Nights at Freddy's game. No, yeah. they're not. Thank God. My son loves that game. I just it's got into Minecraft, so uh, trying to avoid like some of these games, but it's just, it's not happening. <laughs> they're a. Uh, they're a little scared of Five Nights at Freddy's. They watch some of the YouTube videos, and it kind of scares them a little bit. I don't know when my kids became such pansies, but uh, yeah. No. <laughs> pansies, especially the way you do Halloween. I know, right? <laughs> We're not scared of any of that right. stuff. It's just like everything else. <laughs> Go outside and see a bug. Oh, my God, there's a bug. Like, yo, bugs live outside. It's okay. Like, you're in their home. <laughs> <laughs> to them, you're the intruders. They're trying to get rid of you. <laughs> Until they run up on a murder hornet. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> murder hornet or a hill of fire ants. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so yeah, not a whole lot of news going into that. Those are pretty much some of the bigger things. I thought the Chuck E. Cheese thing was hilarious. Um, honestly, I would love to see a, a a ball pit match between those two. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of the uh, bigger stuff here. Uh, we've got 30 years of Chris Jericho, which was celebrated on AEW this week um, with a whole bunch of like video um recordings from like a lot of the a lot of rock stars a lot of professional wrestlers um just pretty much congratulating jericho on being you know 30 years in the wrestling business i thought uh, he turned 30 jericho is one of... <laughs> oh man so it's funny because i was talking with garrett about this earlier today and i was like yeah 30 years of jericho i was eight when jericho started wrestling yeah it wasn't even thought of yet <laughs> It's just crazy. Um, you guys got a favorite match or feud? Um, with Jericho? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, man, with Chris Jericho. Um, a lot, a lot. I mean, all the TLC matches that he ran were pretty good. Um, the uh, triple threat match between him uh, and the one that we don't speak of, and I think it was Kurt Angle. That sounded yep. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, I mean, he had a lot of good matches with P that we don't speak of, and uh, a lot of good matches with Dean Malenko in WCW. <laughs> I actually, I was going to talk about that. Like one of my favorite feuds of Jericho was him yeah. and Malenko. He's like you had Dean Malenko was the man of a thousand holds, 
and Jericho came out and he's like, I'm the man of a thousand and one holds. And that's the first time we've ever seen a list of Jericho. Okay. He had that big yeah. ass scroll and he started to list them off moves. Yeah. <laughs> like arm bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hip yeah, toss. I think- I think yeah, him, him and Malenko, or um, like for me, it was kind of a de- like a a debate between him and Malenko. That was probably like the best matches. But I also like the feud with him and The Rock. Uh, they're both like really good on the uh, the mic, and uh, them just like going oh, back and forth with each other was really good. I like. I like a lot of like Jericho really hit his stride in WWE. Um, you know, thankfully Vince saw the value in Jericho and, you know, kind of pushed him to pretty much the moon. Like he was main event player as soon as he stepped foot in WWE. Uh, where, but I do enjoy his work in WCW because um, that's, you know, when I first started watching Jericho was WCW Nitro. And just his work in the cruiserweight division with guys like Rey Mysterio, who mentioned Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Prince Akia, um, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera. Like, he pretty much, he unmasked um, Rey Mysterio, um, Juventud Guerrera, Psychosis. He had all these feuds, like mass versus hair matches, running through, like, the luchadors on the cruiserweight division. And that, like, really was like one of the big things that I really enjoyed with Jericho was all that stuff. What you Garrett? Uh, I mean, shit. I've seen so many Jerichos. Honestly, started thinking about this and I was like, man, <laughs> I've seen so much Jericho. I don't even fucking know. I remember not that long ago. I watched his debut and like, it was the funniest damn thing ever. Like in WWE debut, like when he comes out there to the rock and, 2K Jericho and <laughs> Rock's like looking at him like who the fuck is this dweeb coming out here and interrupting me? Ends up having one of the best feuds with The Rock. Absolutely. No. Um, so yeah, Jericho's Jericho's one of those guys, one of those talent that is able to reinvent himself. Like every time he steps away and comes back, he has something fresh. <sighs> Um, you know, we can look at like the pain maker version of Jericho when he left WWE and went to New Japan, transitioned to AEW. Um, you've got, of course, like we said, the man of a thousand holds. You've got the uh, list of Jericho. You've got the like the undisputed champ Jericho, Y2J, you know, Raj Jericho, you know, him with the big show. There's so many different iterations of Jericho. And that brings me to like what iteration that you guys enjoy the most what character the Jericho portrayed you want me to go first or you want to go first Garrett no you go ahead um, there no chance is going to be well, mine is um, Y2J uh, just because um, I was a big fan of Jericho and WCW um, and I knew who he was uh, and then when he made the, like that, that first uh, debut uh, in WWE came out to the the Millennial Countdown. Um, yep, it was pretty awesome. Uh, uh, he was got a lot of heat. Um, I think he was talking crap to The Rock or somebody. I forget. Everybody's Stone Cold. Um, 
Uh, I just remember that at first, and then he was like, you know, I'm coming to WWE to make it better. Y'all have been, you know, uh, a lackluster company and this and that. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, like I said, he's really good on the mic, and I really enjoyed the Y2J. Um, I don't have an answer. Jericho is awesome. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> also, the other thing I would say to you, like, add on to Jericho too, is like, even though like we know him as like the singles competitor and him being on the mic, like he's a really good like tag partner too because he's had plenty of tag team championships with fucking everybody. So. Yeah. Now, Jericho's just a great wrestler right. all around. Like I said, he's definitely one of the greatest of all time, and he's like. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer um, when that time comes. Like, whatever Hall of Fame it is, whether it be WWE or, you know, just any type of pro wrestling Hall of Fame, Jericho is definitely one of those ones to go in there. Um, but honestly, I enjoyed the Jericho when he came back with the light-up jacket. And, like, he said nothing for that was weeks. Like, <laughs> just came out. Like, it was like a month straight. He'd come out and get on the mic, and he just wouldn't, couldn't say anything. I mean, that first week was literally because the crowd was just erupting so much that he came back as a huge surprise. And then, like, he just continued it, like, for the next three, four weeks. And then finally, when he did talk, like, he just went straight heel on everybody, and it was awesome. <laughs> That's, like, one of the best things next to the uh, the man of a thousand and one hold. And, uh, and the, can't forget Ralph. And Melissa Jericho. Melissa Jericho. And um, when he was mocking Goldberg with his personal security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You could ever forget that with Ralph. Is, so that was awesome. So, yeah, 30 years of Chris Jericho. Um, I honestly I can't picture wrestling without Jericho. He's always he's been a part of it since I've been pretty much since I've been watching it, whether or not I've known of him. Um, Prior to WCW Nitro, he's he's been a, a staple of professional wrestling for the last 30 years. So congrats to Jericho on that huge milestone. All right. So month of October, we started last week with the our pick for one of the more gruesome, brutal matches for you to watch this month. Um, this week, we've got Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik from June 16th, 1984. Uh, so basically, it was Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter in a boot camp match. Um, Slaughter and Sheik both were covered in blood from the battle, like the ring filled with weapons, trash. One of the most violent matches of that generation and stands as the WWE's most bloody wrestling match. Like, I don't know if there's anything really that has topped that match as far as like gore and um, just overall carnage. And I just heard what date it was, and I just stopped listening because I was like, 1984, I definitely didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you should definitely check it out. Boot camp match. Like, Slaughter's done a couple of them, but this one has been, like, the probably the the most, like, like the most gruesome one that that he's been involved in. Because you think about 19... Uh, I found it online, so I didn't see it on the. I didn't even bother checking the network. I just googled like, like gruesome, 
matches, and that's one of the ones that came up. Or bloody matches or something like that. So, but uh, yeah, it was pretty solid. I'd imagine it should be on the network as was done in WWE or WWF at the time. So I don't see why it wouldn't be on there. And this was pretty much like the height of the um, Slaughter versus Iron Sheik feud. So this might have been the, uh, I think this was the blow off match for that feud. Yeah, that's kind of before my time. So I don't know if Sergeant Slaughter and Iron Sheik were. Were they in the WWE at that time? Yeah, at that time. Or WWF or WWF? Yeah, somewhere around there. (laughs) (sighs) So that's our recommendation for your spooky season wrestling watch list. So you go ahead, like Sergeant Slaughter versus Iron Sheik boot camp match. The name doesn't sound, you know, as gruesome or brutal as you think it would, but but the match is up there. I mean, it's no barbed wire massacre, no barbed but wire massacre. It, it's pretty close. <laughs> All right, so um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our get in the ring segment. We'll talk about some uh, NXT Takeover Thirty One rundown results from that. See who. Uh, See if our predictions were on point or if we just completely we failed. <laughs> uh, not everybody did. True. <laughs> and then uh, we got some uh, info on the draft that starts on SmackDown this week. So we'll go over that too. So uh, stay tuned and we will be right back. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events, here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too, and so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone that's www.cratejoy.com searching dates in a box to jump in the ring here we're gonna run through smackdown and raw real quick um not a whole lot happening on there uh we had a, another segment here with roman and jay uso jay apparently is getting another shot at the universal championship at hell in the cell um then he ended up taking on aj styles picking up the win over styles great match uh that was a great match i actually did watch smackdown this week and that was a really good match oh yeah, it was a really good match. And that wasn't just all styles making that match. 
Jalen yeah, could have matched too. It just, I, I wasn't like too happy with getting another um, rematch well, at Hell in the Cell, but another rematch. But there's more to it, so we just don't know what the more to it is yet. Well, yeah. we do, but don't. I'm sure they'll reveal more um, this week on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We had Kevin Owens show with special guests, Alex Bliss. Um, Owens is pretty much asking her what happened. And then uh, Owens ends up getting attacked by the Fiend. Then the Fiend puts his hand out and Bliss takes his hand and then gone. Yep. Yeah. So I am here for the story arc with Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. I'm really enjoying that. So it was funny mm-hmm. because I was really hoping and granted it could still happen. I had read an article that said that um, that Aleister Black might join with the two of them too. That would be awesome. I mean, the way his character is going too, it kind of would fit. Yeah, especially what happened on Monday, you right? Know, when he was going after Wyatt and Black, you know, came out and right, you know, just took him out. You know. Yeah, so I've heard um, yeah of that too. As long as they end with an aborted baby like Lita and Kane, I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's if that's gonna happen they have to bring back snitsky <laughs> i want this unless snitsky is involved plain and simple because i want to hear it wasn't my fault that's it I, i'm done snitsky snitsky or bust <laughs> Uh, but I'm totally, like I said, I'm totally here for Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. That story arc has been one of the better stories that's been going on in WWE right now. And in all honesty, like it feels like SmackDown is the better show and has been for a few weeks now. Um, yeah, I would say so. Especially with, like the match quality for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you would think that maybe with Heyman being moved to SmackDown, even though he's not on creative anymore, you got to think that he's got some sort of input with some stuff that's going on. Yep. Like it, it's got to be because there, there's no way this is Bruce. Well, I mean, I don't know. This is this is too good. SmackDown is starting to kind of repeat itself though here. Um, I'm. Yeah. That, that was the problem with. I mean, with I mean that's the problem with Raw. I mean, Raw has not has been like terrible. If this has been like a repeat for like the last month yeah. and a half, like we already know, like. What's gonna happen? Who's gonna fight who? Because they've been fighting each other for the same same thing for months now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's been a year since we had that last draft, anyway. So, I mean, I think doing this draft, um, which we'll talk about a little later, um, will definitely hopefully shake mix up the roster a bit, so we're not seeing the same repetitive story arcs anymore. So hopefully, we'll get something different out of this. Um, but pretty much, I, the big names are probably going to be in place anyway, you know, depending on what the networks want. So, but um, what else we got? Uh, Sasha versus Bailey, um, happening Friday night on SmackDown for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't think this match is going to happen. Well, yeah, that doesn't make sense to happen. I, I think something's going to happen prior to this matchup. Or right as it starts, where it's like going to be like a disqualification or something, just so we can get the actual match at Hell in a Cell. 
Because why would I? Why would I watch this match on SmackDown and then buy and then turn around and watch Hell in a Cell for this match too? It just it doesn't They're make just sense. doing it too because the draft. I think yeah. people tune in for it, even if it does or doesn't happen. Yeah. So there's that. So more with Sasha and Bailey, and then uh, Sami Zayn beats Jeff Hardy. Great freaking main event. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was the first time in, in a while awesome. where the main event was the actual main event of the show. Sami Zayn is a great like. I really feel like Sami Zayn is finally hitting his stride on the main roster. Like, I, I think he's found his 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 rhythm, especially since he's been, especially since coming back from you know the whole COVID quarantine that he was on and everything like that. No, not that he had COVID, but you know, just like his little self quarantine thing that he was doing. But I think like he was really starting to hit his stride before that, and it was, it's nice to see that he's been able to keep his momentum. Um, especially when we talked about last week with that freaking ladder match. I mean, I still can't get over him fucking handcuffing Jeff Hardy's ear to the ladder. Like, it was so awesome. It's just, like, that, that's one of those things that, like, that's probably one of the best, like, matches, like, during the COVID era has happened. And this match was pretty solid, too. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, but that's, that's probably going to be, like, one of the better ladder matches. Like when you go back and look at it, like on like WWE when they're doing their like top ten ladder matches, like that's gonna be. I mean, I ain't saying it's the best one, but it's gonna be up there. No, it's got to be on the on the top ten list. Yeah, it's got to be in the top ten. Like they did some real innovative stuff like that. Like when when have you ever seen someone handcuff an ear to a ladder? Like it's freaking like genius. So. I mean, kudos to them for coming up with something that hasn't been done before. You know, at least that I'm aware of. Like, I'm sure someone will be like, eh, you know, so-and-so did this in GCC67W. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, know, like, handcuffs, four I've years seen handcuffs ago. get used in, like, other stipulations and stuff, like um, like cage matches yeah. and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. but no, one's ever, no one's ever handcuffed an ear to something. And then, um, wasn't didn't like one of the Royal Rumbles like somebody handcuff their stuff to the ropes or something so they couldn't get thrown over? I think didn't I think I want to say Vince did that or somebody it was somebody in like a like a big heel type role or Santino I don't know it was somebody no I can't remember but I know what I I. I know what you're talking about. It did happen. Um, man, I can't remember. But uh, anywho, let's uh, move into Monday Night Raw. Uh, really not much going on with Raw. It's like pretty much the same old stuff. But we did have a another edition of the KO show, like you mentioned earlier, with Bray Wyatt. Um, basically, you know, Kevin was trying to, you know, poke Wyatt for information on what's happening with Alexa Bliss and all this other stuff, and then, you know, Wyatt goes from, like, his happy, friendly self to, hey, you know, don't poke the bear because, you know, what's going on with him? And Alexa, that's his deal, not mine. So you just, you know, be careful what you ask for. So then Wyatt's like, well, I'm, well Kevin's like, I'm going to come find you, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this myself. And then he just gets blindsided by Alistair Black. 
I do like the uh, the KO and Alistair Black feud. It's been pretty entertaining. Yep. The last few weeks. Uh, we had the leader of Retribution revealed. I, uh, I don't know. I got got to see where they're going with this because as of right now, Mustafa Ali being the leader of Retribution, like I don't, I I don't see it. Like I'm not I'm not here for it right now. Like it just it doesn't seem. I guess it maybe it plays into the hacker thing that he was doing, but I I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, the only thing to me that, like, why I feel like he kind of, like, at least fits with the group is he's been somebody who seems like, I mean, granted that he got that one opportunity that um, he didn't, you know, cash in on because he got injured. But, like, outside of that, like, he's never really been utilized and we've never really seen, like, what he has. And, like, we know how talented he is. So, like, I feel like from that aspect, like, he does fit that group because that's kind of, like, what they stand for. No, yeah. No, he definitely fits the group, but not not as a leader. Right. I, I agree. Because I need to see more. Like, we'll see how this is going to develop over the next couple of weeks, especially with um, Ricochet and Apollo, and then even with the Hurt business. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see where this is going. So, that's probably this – with the hurt business involved with this, and like then you're now you're bringing in Ricochet and Apollo into this whole retribution thing. I'm kind of interested to see where that that story arc is going to go. Because honestly, like we said last week, the hurt business has been the best thing on Raw. And then you got them basically with retribution being the heels, you're forcing the hurt business into a face type role to go up against retribution. Yeah, which. Which I'm not a big fan of. Like, I wish they would just forget the whole um, retribution thing. Like, just forget it ever happened. Um, Like, I wouldn't care if they didn't, like, write them off. Like, you know, they just disappeared from the show. And we have hurt business of the hills. (laughs) The hills that we want them to be. (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, I can see... um... The hurt business being moved to SmackDown. That would be that would be better. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, Mustafa Ali did tweet um later on um after Raw had gone off the air. He said some dreams die so others can live. So which makes me think that he may be referring to what had happened um with his injury, which had pretty much killed his dream, but let Kofi's live. Because we saw the whole rise of Kofi Kingston with Kofi Mania uh, from the Elimination Chamber and going on to uh, basically main eventing WrestleMania and winning the WWE Championship. So it kind of makes you think if that role was meant to be, if like that's where Mustafa Ali was going to shine, but due to his energy and that injury that he had, it kind of took him out. So, so that tweet like has a lot of people thinking that that's possibly um, what he's referring to as that. It's very likely. All right. So, yeah. Uh, Main event, Street Profits and Drew McIntyre taking on Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and Randy Orton. Robert Roode. That was all right. Robert Roode. Whatever. Bobby Roode, Robert Roode. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad he's back. (laughs) The glorious one. Wasn't a bad match. It's like pretty much what you'd expect out of the six of these guys. So, 
Uh, right. So let's jump into NXT. We'll start with TakeOver, uh, which I did watch some of. I didn't get through all of it. I did skip around some matches I didn't want to watch. Um, like, I didn't really have an interest in Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. Um, but uh, we'll get through. We'll go through some that of this. That's so good, though. Like, some of the highlights. <laughs> the highlights are really good. Like, I didn't watch the full match. I watched highlights. But, like, um, all right, let's 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 run down the card here. So, we had – um, so, we kicked off the show. It was a North American title match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, we had Damian Priest uh, – Defending Johnny Gar- against Johnny Gargano, um, Damian Priest ended up retaining, uh, which we all picked Johnny Gargano. Right. <laughs> so we uh, are already zero for one. Yep. <laughs> does, uh, is it me or does uh, Damian Priest look like uh, Sensei Makamura uh, and cosplayers? <laughs> 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 Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, from the highlights I saw, it looked like a really good match. Um, I did watch Kushida and Velveteen oh, Dream. Lord, that was a good match. Oh man, that was phenomenal. Like it's with everything that's been going on. Like I was talking to my wife about this, and you know, because you know, I talk to her about, all the time about wrestling stuff, and so she's up on like what's going on with Velveteen Dream, the whole you know controversy thing with him. It's really hard to support him with knowing, you know, what like the allegations against him because he is a really great talent, but it's like, like what you doing, man? You're like wasting your career. Like people aren't seeing you in the same light anymore. All that momentum that you had built up is like pretty much gone because like he was pretty, I'm pretty sure he was primed to win the NXT championship. Like there, there's like no doubt about that one. Like that's the direction that they are going with him. But then, like Kashida, he pretty much dominated that entire match. Mm-hmm. You know, working over the arm, Velveteen, and just. Right, but I will, I will say though, Velveteen coming out with white pants and the yellow gloves, and then his hair kind of like going the whole Doc Brown vibe was great. Um, counter to a uh, Kashida's uh, Marty McFly. Oh, he just be Doc Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was supposed I to be Doc he was Brown. Don King, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spit my beer out on the laptop. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's hilarious. But Kashida uh, picked up the win with the hoverboard lock. Um, so, uh. Uh, Carl picked Velveteen Dream. Garrett and I both picked Kushida. That was um, but that was a great match. Um, I did watch the Cruiserweight Championship match with Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, Santos ended up retaining in a hell of a match. Man, that match is so good. Like, yep. Man, but um. Uh, Carl and I both picked Santos. Garrett, you picked um, Isaiah Scott to pick up the win. I'm totally not keeping score at all. So, (laughs) So, (laughs) 
Uh, what do we have next? The NXT Women's Championship match, Io Shirai. Io Shirai uh, was that good? I fell, Lerae, I fell asleep uh, during that match and like, woke up for the finish. <laughs> it was um like, it's nothing that we haven't seen from the two of them before, but it was still a pretty great match. Uh, the best part was uh, Johnny Gargano um, after the ref got knocked out, running out with that a ref hilarious. shirt on and trying to count <laughs> and trying to do like a fast count with Candace. It was great. So, um, that ends up the ref comes to, they end up getting to like a big yeah, argument I mean, and everything. Uh, so, I was drinking uh, a lot of crown, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we actually all picked Candace to win. Um, obviously, EO retained. Uh, then we had uh Tony Storm come on the uh the Titan Tron with a, a little video message for EO Shirai and. NXT women's roster. Um, Tony Storm is coming to NXT. Pretty psyched about that one. And then we had the return of my girl Ember Moon is back on the NXT roster. I could not be more hyped for that. I kind I feel like really her like she had some good matches on the main roster, but I really feel like she was wasted. I agree. Oh, what you think, Carl? Ember Moon, Tony Storm returning. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know really how to feel because, um, I mean, I feel like they both didn't get their shot on the main roster. Um, but at this point, NXT is a better brand. Better brand. Uh, and, uh, I Definitely. mean, I was excited for women's wrestling. Women's division is by far the better one, so. This adding more talent to that pool. I'm pretty psyched about that one. Uh, the funny thing is, um, we'll get into uh, yeah. So we all picked Candice LeRae to win. We all got that one. Um, we'll get into what I was going to say here in a minute. Uh, NXT title match: Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Holy shit! Phenomenal. Like this. Is like match of the yeah. year, like hands down. No, there's no other NXT match or WWE match that's gonna touch this match for for like the rest of this year, like the entire year, 2020. Even Finn Balor, and Kyle O'Reilly, freaking phenomenal. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. The, this this was hands hands down like even better than that ladder match. Like this. This was better than seeing a dude's ear get handcuffed to a ladder. Like, this was it awesome. Was, it was good. <laughs> like, Finn... I, Finn left that match with a fractured jaw. Like, these two dudes, like, really, like, just beat the hell out of each other. And then, like, the mutual respect that they had afterwards, the handshake was just... It was a great match. Like, Kyle O'Reilly really shined in this match. Like, if you were not a fan of O'Reilly before this... Like you definitely have no excuse not to be a fan now. Just you know, pure wrestling and ability. It, like everyone should be a fan of Bob O'Reilly. Uh, if you're Drew McIntyre, uh, take some fucking notes, man. Like of how to <laughs> of how to <laughs> run a, a championship match when you're the champion. You know, like Finn Balor, man. Like I mean, yeah, there's points in the in the match where he's getting his ass kicked too, but. 
I mean, he carried himself as a champion in that fucking match. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's the like it was believable is what it was. Like, where you have Drew McIntyre, who's a bigger competitor than, let's say, like most of the guys that he's wrestling for that championship. And why is he constantly getting beat down? Like, I can see, okay, maybe against Randy Orton, you know, someone that's got the experience edge over him. Yeah, I can maybe understand that one. But, like, guys like Dolph Ziggler, who are, like, half his size, and Rollins, like, Drew McIntyre should literally, like, be beating the shit out of these Uh guys. Not not him getting his ass kicked. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Finn Finn is way better champion. Finn is, like, the best champion on all across, like, WWE's brands, no doubt. I'm not saying that because I'm a Finn Balor stan. Just saying. <laughs> all right. So uh, we all picked. Did we all pick? No. Uh, Carl picked Kyle O'Reilly. No, I didn't. Remember? Yeah, he did. And then, uh, did yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You're like, I don't want to yeah. pick the same thing as you guys. So I'm going to pick Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, okay. I, know I mean, I, I, probably, I, I probably would <laughs> say some stupid shit like that. But I, I think um, – I think it's probably like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you said I know Finn's going to win, win by my pick O'Reilly. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Garrett and I both picked Balor. Like, I wasn't even I'm pretty sure you got it all so right. I, I got uh, another one wrong. You got right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> just for, for yep. shits and giggles. Uh, let's see. All right, so we go from TakeOver to the fallout from TakeOver on Wednesday night. Dude, this show opens up with Ciampa versus yep. Kushida. Like, instant. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even, even with Dream's interference, um, comes off the top rope, tries to hit Kushida, ends up hitting Ciampa. Uh, Ciampa Which, wins via wins that by disqualification. That was so funny with Dream, like, like trying to run outside the thing and he can barely like stand up. He's like slipping and falling yeah. all over, trying to get out of the ring. I was cracking up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a great match even prior to Dream interfering. So but I mean, really, what can you do? Like you're gonna have Kushida beat Ciampa or you're gonna have Ciampa beat Kushida. This was probably the best possible outcome right. for that match. So, no clean win, DQ win, like no one's complaining. Uh, what do we have next? Ember Moon comes out, um, talking about how she's back on the NXT brand, and uh, Mama is on the prowl for some gold, baby. Oh, I, I love yep. Ember. Like, I'm so glad she's back on NXT. I, I just, I can't stress that enough. And it's been a while since I've said this, but I am undefeated against Ember Moon in Words with Friends, two and zero, oh. two and zero. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So then we get a um, tag match set up as uh, Rhea Ripley comes out. Then uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez come out. So we get a brawl between the two of them um, while Io Shirai just kind of stands in the ring and watches. <laughs> so Regal sets up a tag match for tonight's main event. Uh, they get Dexter Loomis destroying Austin Theory. Uh, Ridge Holland in a match against uh, was Oni, right? Was Oni Lorcan? I didn't watch that. Here, you there? 
think we're losing Garrett. But yeah, but anyway, like Rich Holland ended up blowing out his leg. So he got like seriously injured in that match. So he's gonna be out for a while, which sucks because he was um getting built up pretty well. Uh we have Shotzi Blackheart uh, taking on okay. uh, Zaya Lee. Oof. I had something to say. <laughs> so it was oh, a- well, I'm happy Dexter Loomis is back. Um uh, Ridge Holland's injury. Oh my I watched it like five or six times. It was so did you hear Croft hit while he was watching it start the big time? You there, Garrett? <laughs> I think we lost Garrett again. Jerking off to people getting injuries, man. He's a sick fuck, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? Come on, man. I'm here. Oh, I was is. talking. Did you hear me? So no, we didn't. Oh, thank. Oh. No, it was like it was like dead quiet for like a good shit. like ten seconds. <laughs> I thought I was like, you guys playing a trick on me or something. Nope. <laughs> no, I was saying Rich Holland's injury was terrible. Um, ah, but what injury looked worse, Rich Holland's injury? Or Psycho Sid's injury where his leg went like completely oh, loopy coming off dude, that second row. I don't know. I watched that Rich Holland <laughs> thing like six times. There's no way he didn't break that. What about the, what about the Alex did you see Smith did you see injury? when they carted him off? Did you see that part? Uh they had like briefly. this like surgical like... freaking like thing on his leg. I don't know if you saw it. It was like, like his. It was like no, I did. It not. was like a. It wasn't necessarily a boot, but it was like it was more than a boot, and it was so like keeping his leg like perfectly in one place. Damn. There's no way he didn't like destroy that leg. It was so bad. Ugh, I watched it more. I mean, it could have been worse. Like the bone could have been sticking True. out, like Sid's. I've seen worse. <laughs> I've watched a lot of UFC. <laughs> it was. That was really bad. Just to give y'all a heads up, I got a fart, uh, and I'm in the bathroom, so it might echo. I don't oh, know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll just put crickets in there. Oh, it was silent. We're good. We're good. It was silent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But Holland, Holland wrestled, wrestled Oni, right? Birch. Oni came out there to rescue That's Birch. Birch. Okay. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So I thought, like, I really, I wasn't really paying attention to the match. So I just, yeah, I was working. I was on watching some uh, the sunset stuff. in the mountains <laughs> on Blue Ridge Parkway. Bet you were. Oh. And then after that, you ended up in the yeah. tub full of ice, missing a kidney. <laughs> Woke up <laughs> just in time to do the podcast. <laughs> But uh, Shotzi Blackheart, how awesome is Shotzi? She's awesome. So I just I I can't like Shotzi's so freaking awesome. So she took on uh, Zia Lee, picked up the win. Then like some Chinese dude came out and gave <laughs> Zia Lee an envelope <laughs> or a letter. <laughs> like, like, what the hell was that about? Like that's awesome. I would say it's like the Yakuza, but they're Japanese. So, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, is the Chinese mafia, like, coming after Zaya? Like, 
Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. So, but um, I am. I cannot tell you how psyched I am for Halloween Havoc with uh, Shotzi Blackheart as the host. That's gonna be freaking awesome. Um, she tweeted out uh, the other day. I think it was yesterday. She tweeted out Halloween Havoc's got nards, and if you get that reference, you know, infinity points to you guys because that's freaking phenomenal. So, <laughs> it's like that reference is lost on me. What, Carl? You get it? Shotzi's tweet: got Halloween nards. Havoc's got nards. Uh-uh, got nards. Oh, you guys never seen Monster Squad? Monster Squad? The movie Monster Squad. Uh, I didn't know that was a movie. Yeah. Who is in that? It, it was like a really bad 80s movie that didn't pick up. Like It didn't really do well at the box office. It bombed, but it became like a huge like cult phenomenon. Is it like, like good on. or... It's cheesy good. It's like it's up there with like killer oh, bombs. So it's like a scary movie. Surprised I haven't seen it. Yeah, kind of. Yep. It's um, it's streaming on Prime, I believe, right now, and I think Hulu. One of those two. Oh, okay. I've got it on DVD too. So, but um, there's there's a scene in there like there's a character named Fat Kid. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously he's a fat kid. So like he's like being attacked by the Wolfman, and then inside like Dracula's house trying to get something from Dracula's house, and they're like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do, and then one kid's like Fat Kid kick him in the nards, he's like does the Wolfman have nards, like he's like I don't know just kick him, so he kicks the Wolfman in the dick, and he's like Whoa <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> It's it's a really very cheesy movie. It's supposed to be like family family is friendly, oh, okay. but it's like a lot of like it's like eighties yeah, like family yeah. friendly stuff. When I'm watching stuff, so. scary movies with my family, we watch like Evil Dead and stuff like that. <laughs> Man, I can't. My kids will watch Evil Dead. They'll have nightmares. <laughs> I bet they will. <laughs> I might might be able to watch Army of Darkness, but Evil Dead probably not. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we move on from that. Uh, main event, Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Ember and Rhea, of course, picked up the win. Dude, that submission hold that Raquel had on, was it Ripley? was freaking yeah. insane. I, I kind of watched it, but like I was kind of like doing other stuff while I was watching it, so I didn't see every like bit and piece. I did notice that uh, Ember Moon has a new uh, uh, entrance. Yes. Um, I think that's part of that deal Which with the CFO money or whatever it was. So, but I like her new entrance. Like, it doesn't suck like Keith Lee's. I feel like Keith <laughs> Lee's has changed since then. Am I wrong for that? I, I think it. I think I it's changed like, a little uh, bit. Amber Moon come out to Blue Moon. Like, Blue Moon. <laughs> I saw you standing. <laughs> oh, Carl, it's on a karaoke. <laughs> that's probably that's probably why I won. Like everybody's <laughs> 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 Oh, 
<laughs> You're like, oh my god, no more, no more. Please, no more. <laughs> oh man, but Ember end up hitting the eclipse and picking up the win. Uh, Dakota Kai is rolling backstabber that she calls the chiropractor. Like I'm pretty sure I've seen her do that yep. before, but that was fucking that awesome. Was cool. Oh. Like that was amazing. So. So NXT had a pretty solid show. Um, before we get into like the other shows, let's get into the draft, uh, which is going to start Friday night. Um, WWE had released the stipulations for the draft. Um, so we have draft pools. So it's going to be over 60 male superstars, female superstars, and tag teams placed into the 2020 WWE draft. Uh, more than 20 superstars are eligible to be drafted to Friday night and more than 30 eligible to be drafted to Raw. Uh, due to the length for each show, for every two picks at SmackDown Selects, Raw will get three. Uh, makes sense. Two hours versus three hours. Uh, tag teams will count as one pick unless Fox or USA Network, in conjunction with WWE officials, want to pick one superstar from the team. Well, that's going to suck. Um, any undrafted superstars will immediately be declared free agents and able to sign with the brand of their choosing. Oh, that can be Are they going to have any later? Are they gonna have any NXT oh, people in this or no? No. No. Which sucks because NXT should be included in this. Honestly, no, not they really. I mean, Raw and SmackDown. Um, I mean, I understand not having NXT included because you want to keep those people on NXT because it's doing so well right now. Um, but um, I mean, Raw and SmackDown. I've only seen like the same five people on each show. So it makes me wonder. <laughs> who this uh this roster of male <laughs> talents and female talents they have yeah um so they've so superstars have been split into eligible pools for friday and monday uh the breakdown of who is available for selection each night is as follows uh so friday we have oscar sasha banks bianca belair Dana Brooke, Umberto Carrillo, Elias, Angel Garza, Drew Gulak, Heavy Machinery, The Hurt Business, Mickey James, Lucha House Party, Drew McIntyre, Murphy, Ray, and Dominic Mysterio, Naomi, The New Day, Roman Reigns, Ricochet, Seth Rollins, Mandy Rose, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax, Shorty G, AJ Styles, and Jay Uso. So those will be the, the talent that is going to be drafted on Friday as part of the SmackDown draft pool. Uh, Monday night, we have Andrade, Bailey, Alistair Black, Alexa Bliss, Daniel Bryan, Carmella, King Corbin, Apollo Crews, Nikki Cross, Dabakato. Really? Yep. Okay, whatever. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Eric, the Viking Raiders. Uh, Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair, Jeff Hardy, Billy Kay. I'm surprised Charlotte's on there, so right. she's technically out injured. Because they didn't include like Ivar right. or Jimmy Uso. Um, yes, Billy Kay, Lana, Keith Lee, Miz and Morrison, Riddick Moss, Natalia, Titus O'Neill, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, R Truth, Retribution, Br- Matt Br- Riddle, Br- Riot Squad, Peyton Rice, <laughs> Arturo Ruas, which I don't know who is a part of any of the rosters, but okay. Uh, the same with Daba Kato. Uh, Sheamus. Nakamura and Cesaro, Street Profits, and uh, Braun Strowman, uh, Tamiya, Akira Tozawa, Zelina Vega, Bray Wyatt, and Sami Zayn. 
So those are the superstars that will be eligible for draft on Monday. Um, why are you reading off that list of names? I, I'm sad that I didn't bring this up in uh, the news. Um, but you hear that uh, Dominique Mysterio is going to change his name or think about changing his name. Is he going to change it to Eddie Guerrero Jr.? No. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be uh, Prince Mysterio, <laughs> and he wants to wear a luchador mask like uh, Ver Mysterio. And if they're going to do that, then they should. They need to take him off of Raw um, for a little bit, have him come up through NXT under that moniker so he can get a little bit more training in. I mean, the kid's good, like, but he, he needs some fine-tuning. So, and NXT is going to yeah, be a place he, for him I think to do that. I think and he'll then, be on the reintroduce him on Raw. So. Um, it's this right now. Um, it's stuff is money-driven and – I. Uh, Rey Mysterio, you know, because of his his status, is drawn in more. Yeah, well, I mean, his um, his the YouTube videos that WWE puts up with Dominic get millions of hits. So I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of people that like Dominic. Like, I don't think he's bad. Like, he's been pretty impressive. So I mean, when you have a dad like Rey Mysterio and you're getting trained by guys like Lance Storm as well, I mean, it's like you're gonna pick up something, yeah. and the kid's like a natural. So I mean, he's he's definitely got his father's blood in him. You know, thank <laughs> God for Eddie Guerrero. I mean, he, he to me, he'd probably be better fitted like in NXT, um, just because of, like the size and like the way people work in NXT. But um, yeah, I think he'd probably stay on the main roster just because he's a monster. Ooh, could you could you imagine him with like Esco Santa like Santos Escobar and um, like guys like that, like on the on like the cruiserweight yeah. division, those would be some good matches. But yeah, but yeah, he's pretty much bypassed all those anyway. So he, I think he's just going to stay on the main roster. Uh, let's see. All right, so that's the draft and WWE roundup for the week. Uh, AEW celebrated 30 years of Chris Jericho. Um, like you mentioned earlier throughout the night, it's just been a bunch of different wrestlers and celebrities congratulating Jericho on 30 years. Uh, we have the FTR, FTR taking on the hybrid two, defending the tag team championships and they're like the 20 minute, 20 minutes of fame or whatever type of match the it is. Brush the brush great. with greatness. That's what it is. Yes. It um, was. That was a good match. So that was a I good opener for uh, AEW. So it's great to see. Um, right. Evans and Angelico back. No. Definitely like Angelico a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I love I love the hybrid right. too. They're such an underrated and underutilized tag team in AEW. Uh okay, so yeah, FTR's in the ring talking. Best friends come out <laughs> after a big flash of FTR as shirt. weenies. <laughs> oh man, that sure is awesome. <laughs> so it's basically two hot dog costumes with FTR's heads on them. <laughs> and they uh they come out to tell FTR that next week uh, on the anniversary show, FTR will be defending the tag team championships against the best friends. So that should be a, a pretty solid matchup there. Uh we had a bunch of other filler matches in here too, but uh Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT championship, that dog collar match. Holy yep, shit, that was a great match. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, uh, Cody. 
That's who won. Uh, yeah, Cody picked up. Uh, yeah, Cody won the title back. There's a. It was, I I don't know. They came out and like carried Brody Lee out. So, um, I'll tell my wife like these guys like like two people have been busted open this match and Cody's got blood on him from those two people. And I think Cody had a busted nose or like a bloody nose and that was pretty much it. So, but uh, Brody Lee got busted open. Jonathan Silver's got busted open. Oh, but it, it was a good match. Like really good. It just kills me though. Cause like Hopefully Brody Lee wins the title from Cody in like less than three minutes. All right. So Brody wins the title in less than three minutes, and then like all of a sudden he's got a problem in this dog collar match defeating Cody. And then Cody wins the title back. But was, I mean, it's, so it, it was, was great. The blonde hair, the blonde hair, like the reflection off the blonde hair, was bothering his eyes that night. And then that's why he changed <laughs> it to black hair because the black hair doesn't, you know, bounce his light away from him, so he could see better. Yeah. So then after uh, the match, Cody's hair. like, "Hey, I want to challenge. I want to like the can you... yeah." Maybe I have no idea what Carl just said. And there he goes. <laughs> He's gone. It's all right. Okay. He doesn't need to know so that Orange Carl, Cassidy so. and and uh, and Cody's for next week. He'd probably be upset <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Carl, what were you like saying about his black of, hair? Uh, Team Rocket from uh, Pokemon. <laughs> that is very accurate, actually. That is funny. Oh. Great. Uh, so after the match, Cody says he wants to defend the title on the anniversary show, but needs a challenger. And out comes the King of Sloth style himself, Orange Cassidy. So next week, Carl, Cody versus Orange Cassidy for the Arn TNT Cass- Championship. Orange Cassidy wins the title. And fucking, um, I don't know, destroys the belt. Loses it in a fucking thing of orange juice or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Then our main event was Jericho and Jake Hager taking on the Chaos Project, which was Luther and Serpentico. This match wasn't that great. Uh, Jericho and Hager won. 30 anniversary fucking match. Yeah, this match... (laughs) <laughs> I know he should have totally should have lost. He should have first like this match was pretty bad. I couldn't do like, it. I watched Luther for like two minutes. And I was like, this guy's weird and just looks terrible. I I don't like Luther. I think the only reason why they did this match is because Jericho and Luther are like really good friends. Like they came up through like Japan together and everything, and like I it just wasn't I, it wasn't that great of a main event. Like I honestly. I would have rather seen Jericho and Hager take on private party. Or just Jericho over. That would have been a better main event. But. <laughs> Yo, that would have been a hell of a lot better. But, yeah. So. 
Oh, yeah. So that that's pretty much how it ended. And MJF had come out and uh, presented Jericho with a gift, which was a uh, giant framed picture of MJF. Which Jericho ended up smashing in the middle of the ring, and then they like kind of like acted like they're going to get into it with each other, and then they just start, start just busted up laughing. So I think MJF maybe uh, joining the inner circle at some point, so. maybe, or maybe it's all a ploy. Maybe it's a triangle. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right. So it's, um, I'm going to run through Impact real quick here. Um, I watched Victory, Victory Road on Saturday, uh, which was pretty much just a longer episode of their Tuesday night show. Uh, Myers defeated Dreamer. Uh, Rhino and Heath defeated Reno Scum in an unsanctioned match. Uh, Heath ended up getting a meeting with Scott Demore on Tuesday night. Uh, Rohit retained over Willie Mack. Uh, Deanna retained over Susie. And Eric Young retained over Eddie Edwards. A lot of pretty solid matches. They're entertaining um, for what it was. Like I said, it was just like a longer impact. Uh, then we go to Tuesday night. Uh, Brian Myers versus Tommy Dreamer again. Uh, Myers end up, ends up snapping and like destroys Tommy Dreamer with a kendo stick. Uh, Heath gets his meeting with Scott Demore. They can't agree on either one's contract negotiation demands. So Heath uh, does not have an offer with Impact Wrestling. Uh, the beat the row heat challenge, uh, Jordan Grace answered after Willie Mack was told he had already challenged for the title, so he can't wrestle. Um, again, uh, Jordan Grace beat Rohit with a little bit of help from Willie Mack. Uh, but then come to find out it was not for the X division title. So we now get a six pack scramble for bound for glory for the X division championship with Rohit defending against like Jordan Grace, Willie Mack, uh, Chris Bay. Trey Miguel and TJP. So, which probably end up being like one of the yep. best matches on the pay per view. So, uh, Ty and Rosemary defeated um, Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. Uh, that was pretty much it. So, not a whole lot going on there. Uh, UWN primetime, Zicky Dice and his mystery partner, which ends up being Effie, who I was unfamiliar with prior to this matchup. Uh, but they ended up losing to Watts and the Pope. Um, it looks like the, the Pope has his eyes set on Zicky Dice's NWA TV title. Great showing for the Pope. Glad he is back in the ring and wrestling. So this is uh, very solid, very entertaining. Um, and that is all I paid for for UWN was those first four weeks. Um, I may go episode by episode basis to see what's going on, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Garrett, did you watch? Uh, I, was going, Ring of Honor? I didn't get around to it. I just put in what I read notes for. Okay, and like read <laughs> some stuff on the matches. All right. Okay. So we got um hot sauce. Tracy Williams beats Russ Taylor, and PJ Black beats Tony Deppen. Deepen Deppen. And those um those two will advance into the ROH Pure Title Tournament. So. Pretty solid week of wrestling, so we have a lot to look forward to next always, week as always. well. And then we got all right, so yeah, that's going to wrap up our get in the ring segment. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with um, some points of articulation news as uh, New York Comic Con started today. So we got some reveals from that, um, and of course the WrestleGeddon Wrestling Federation uh, as we kick off month two. So. 
voting will begin again for the second round to see who's uh, going to sing some karaoke be me. after the uh, the pay-per-view. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be you again. <laughs> oh, man. I hope not. Well, I hope so, too, because it kind of be funny. Just sing every single month. It'll just be what it is. <laughs> and then we got the... Just have Garrett sing every single month. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got uh, Carl's pick for the theme of the week so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back articulation news this week haven't had a whole lot the last couple weeks um we've got legend series eight target exclusive legend series eight has started popping up in some target stores um that set includes the ultimate warrior from his final monday night raw appearance um unfortunately that was the before he had passed away so it's warrior in the duster and the the suit and he's got the removable um mask Uh, that is a very solid figure i'm definitely picking that one up uh, you've got Eddie Guerrero with the I'm Your Puppy t-shirts. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Jake the Snake Roberts will be the the chase in that set. So we'll get um, a couple different variations of Jake. Jake the Snake's the only one that's not dead in that, right? Is Paul Orndorff dead or is he still alive? Oh, he might be alive. I don't know. I, I think Orndorff is still alive. Uh, you're going to have to make me type it into the Google machine here and I think he died like a couple years ago. Paul Orndorff. Retired in the year 2000. 2009. Survived cancer in 2011. Oh, Um, Oh, Orndorff is still alive. All right, so 50% of that line is still alive. All right. Debuted in 1976. Yeah, he's still oh, yeah. All right. Maybe we should send him so, like, yeah. a thank you card or... <laughs> <laughs> thank you for not passing away. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being alive, Mr. Orndorff. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you were a hell of a wrestler. <laughs> Ah, oh, man. So out of that set, I'm more probably going to pick up the Ultimate Warrior and one of the Jake the Snake Roberts. One of like purple Orndorf. tights. I was never a big fan of Orndorff, so I probably won't pick that one up. I'm I'm not like the Eddie Guerrero, like I'm your poppy one. I'm not big on that one either. Like I've got a couple Eddie Guerreros now. Like I got the Undisputed. Uh, when he won the WWE title, I've got that version of Eddie Guerrero. I've got a couple. Um, I got a Latino Heat one and a uh, a WCW LWO one, so <laughs> which is pretty much him in jeans with an LWO shirt. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably pick up the I'll pick up a Jake the Snake and a uh, um the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior just looks awesome. So. 
Uh, let's see what else we got going into this. So New York Toy Fair started today. We had some uh, reveals up for some Mattel stuff. Uh, Jeremy Padauer announced that we'll get some AEW um, images on Friday. So we'll talk about those next week. Uh, we had some new images for some new legends. Uh, we saw the Million Dollar Man, uh, the purple and silver suit, and then the black and gold. So Million Dollar Man will be the chase. Um, we'll come with an alternate head and two hands, uh, another set of hands, and a million dollar title and a briefcase. Does one of the sets of hands come with cash in it? Uh, no. They missed the opportunity there. Yeah. Well, the thing, like, Mattel kind of missed the boat on that one. Uh, the Jack's Million Dollar Man, the couple ones that I have came with, like, little um, dollars that actually had, like, the Million Dollar Man's face printed on them. Those are actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so we got those. We got The Undertaker, which is a straight-up re-release of uh, Undertaker Elite with the, the mask from when he broke his nose and a re-release of Nikolai Volkov. I think the jacket might be a little bit different, but... Um, pretty cool for those who missed out on those ones. Uh, what else we got? The Walmart exclusive Undertaker from Elite 79 is starting to show up, uh, which is the, the one with the cool-ass package. Uh, so that's popping up. The Decade of Domination figures are starting to pop up in Walmart as well. Uh, we also saw images of Elite 81 Shinsuke Nakamura and Ring Attire Other Than Red, which is amazing. Great job, Bill, and the team at Mac- at Mattel for picking something other than a red Nakamura. Uh, and then we saw images of the Elite 84 Buddy Murphy in his uh, Messiah ring gear with a uh, Seth Rollins Messiah t-shirt. Um, Survivor Series Elites are hitting soon. They will have the same DPCI as the Royal Rumble Mania and Elite 77 SummerSlam sets. And the Ultimate Editions will re- be returning to Target as well. Uh, the DPCI on those is 0871605054, which is the same as what they were before most of the stores clearance them out. So if your store was one of the ones that had that set on clearance, uh, they will be coming back uh, later this year. They should actually be on the new resets that Target is doing this month. So, All right, so that is the points of articulation. Uh, I do have one more thing to add. I did get the ringside collectibles exclusive Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt figure. Finally, that showed up uh, last week. This figure is freaking awesome. So, like the puppets alone are totally worth picking that up. So nice. definitely a must have for your Bray Wyatt collection. Nice. All right. So let's get in to the WrestleGeddon Wrestling Federation as we kick off. Our second month with our first week. Pretty psyched about this. Yep. It's probably one of the more favorite things that we do. So how many pages? Oh, mine's four pages? Oh my god. Yours is four pages? Oof. I got yep. zero pages. How about that? <laughs> Does that mean you're gonna go first or you wanna go last so you can uh think your stuff first. up? I go first. I'm gonna go first. All right. Go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday night special coming at you again from a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. This month is gonna be an Oktoberfest theme. Uh, I got uh, that Samuel Adams uh, Oktoberfest and the uh, Boston Lager uh, on tap, and 
they're ready to um, to go. Um, the show starts off with JBL and uh, Ron Simmons showing up to drink some beer at the bar. Uh, and we open the match off with Brian Christopher and Dangerous Doug Gilbert. And they're going to take on uh, the team of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard pick up the win with a spike car driver. Um, but after the fact, uh, Tommy Rich and uh, Eddie Gilbert uh, interfere. Well, not interfere because the match is over, but come out and beat the ass of uh, Arn and uh, Tully. Um, then we go to a uh, interview with Texas Jack, and they're asking him about his loss and if he was upset with the decision that they was made at the, the pepper view with him losing the match. And Cactus Jack says he doesn't care about winning or losing. He's just here to inflict pain. And uh, he's going to take on RVD later on tonight in the cage match. Uh, the next match uh, coming up is MJF. Uh, and he's been managed by Eddie Guerrero. And they take on the superstar Bill Dundee. Where Eddie Guerrero slips MJF a chain. And MJF picks up the victory. On Bill Dundee, lying, cheating, and stealing. Uh, and then we have uh, Miss Texas um, versus Marty Bell and an old school car and feather match. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one of the women has to get the other one in um, car and then feather them uh, with feathers from the pillows. And Miss Texas picks up the victory after she's able to get Marty into that car and then feather him. Um, and then we get to uh, the match that Cactus Jack has promised. Uh, you get Cactus Jack versus RVD in a steel cage match. Uh, with RVD picking up the win because Cactus Jack pulled a chair from out from around the ring, which uh, you know is one of RVD's favorite weapons of choice. Him and his partner Sabu, and he's able to hit the Van Daminator on Cactus Jack getting the win. Uh, and then the main event, as promised, from the pay-per-view, you have Jerry the King Lawyer versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the World Heavyweight title. It's going to be a non-disqualification match so that Jerry Lawyer can't keep the title like he did last time. In this one, you have Stone Cold picking up the victory for the Stone Cold Stunner. He's the new champion, um, but he was helped out because... As uh, Jerry Lawyer's uh, crew, uh, Brian Christopher and Doug Gilbert, run out to the ring, uh, so does the um, Ric Flair and uh, Arnold Tully to uh, interfere on Steve Austin's behalf to make it a, a fair fight. Uh, and Stone Cold hits the Stone Cold Stunner, and as it's going off, Jerry King Lawyer, I mean, not Jerry King <laughs> Jim Ross and Lent Russell is like Stone Cold, a new member of the Four Horsemen. We still don't know who that fourth guy is. Is it Stone Cold? We don't know because the show went off the air. And that's uh, it for week one. Wow. I can't believe he took the title off Jerry Lawler. You know, it crazy. Was a plan in place. Crazy. Ooh. 
<laughs> that is insane. Awesome, awesome. All right. You want to go next or you want to go last? I'll go next. You can go last. Okay. All right. All right. Save, Save the best for last. Exactly what I was thinking. Damn Skippy. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Money Shot Stadium in Melbourne. On commentary, as always, Stu Bennett and Malo Ronaldo. Tonight's action is going to be a doozy. We're going to start the tournament to crown our new Money Shot champ. The rules for the Money Shot tournament are what goes from now on when the title is defended as well. There's a wheel of match stipulations that is to be spun before the match, and what it lands on is what the match rules will be. Enough of this. Let's get you down to the action for tonight. Our first match of the night is going to be Hangman Adam Page versus Randy Orton. The wheel was spun before, and it landed on a tables match. So we're getting Adam Page and Orton in a tables match. There are tables set all around the ring. Orton takes control of the match first, taking Page off his feet early. Orton spends much of the match wearing down Page. Orton then goes out of the ring and brings in the first table. He sets it up in the corner and tries to Irish whip Page through it, but Adam counters his attempt into a body slam. Page then goes to set the table in the middle of the ring, but Orton ends up countering it into an RKO, but he misses the table because Page flips it last second, flips it over. Orton quickly tries to set the table back up, trying to pick up Page to put him through it. Orton struggles to get Page's lifeless body up, but once he does, Page gets his senses about him and hits a DDT on Orton. Page then hits a powerbomb Orton through a table to pick up the win. Our next match is a tag team match. The two tag teams are trying to move their way up the ladder to become number one contenders. We see DIY versus the Hardy Boys. Gargano and Jeff Hardy start to match off. Gargano and Jeff show off their quickness, both trying to outdo the other. Gargano eventually gets the upper hand on Jeff, and him and Ciampa beat him down in the corner, um, doing quick tags back and forth. Um, Jeff eventually gets out of the corner and makes a hot tag to Matt. Matt starts to beat down on both men, and he eventually hits Gargano, the legal man with his... A DDT. He then hits a twist of fate and then tags, goes to tag in Jeff. Jeff goes for the swanton, but is met with double knees to the ribs. Ciampa gets the tag from Gargano, and he super kicks Max off the apron and then hits Willow's Bell on Jeff to pick up the victory for his team. Match 3 is our second match of the Money Shot Tournament. The match stipulation for this is a no DQ. We see Naito versus Big E. Big E shows off his dominant power by slinging Naito all over the place. Naito rolls out of the ring and tries to catch his breath. He goes after him, but he gets hit by a kendo stick from Naito because he gets it from underneath the ring. Naito hits him with a, a flurry of shots with the kendo stick, really damaging his ribs. You can see the marks starting to show. Naito ends up getting E back to the ring and gets the upper hand. Naito tries to go for his finisher, but he is met with a steel chair in the back by Rollins. Rollins rails on him, and he says that he isn't done with Naito, and he's showing why tonight. E ends up picking up Naito's lifeless body and hitting a big ending to advance the tournament. 
Our match four is the women's match we were supposed to have two weeks ago. Martinez was ended up ruining that match by blindsiding both women, but made her mark by winning the women's title. Both women went one a piece of her. So the match is Tegan Knox versus Kyrie Singh. Uh, go back. Knox and Kyrie start the match off by shaking hands. These women have a lot of respect for each other. These women trade blows back and forth at the beginning, counter each, countering each other. Kyrie eventually gets the upper hand. She starts to wear down Tegan, but Tegan eventually gets back on her feet and starts to heat up. She eventually hits Kyrie with the shiniest wizard to become the number one contender. She will face Martinez next week to try and win the title she should have already won. And then the main event is Finn Balor versus Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels got the number one contender spot at the pay-per-view when he defeated three other men. So Finn is not about to lose his title already, so he comes out fast and furious getting the upper hand on Shawn and catching him off guard. Finn starts to wear down Shawn and puts him in a wrist lock. Shawn gets out and starts to fire up. He starts hitting some knife-edge chops on Finn's chest. You can hear them all throughout the crowd. Then he hits him with an atomic drop into another knife-edge chop and knocks Finn down. Sean then goes into the corner and starts tuning up the band. He goes for sweet chin music, but he gets countered into a sling blade. He then drop kicks him into the corner and goes up to the top for a coup de gras, hits it on Sean to retain his world title. The show ends with Finn holding up his title in celebration. And that is my show. That on purpose. That's great. I love that. It's pretty bad, Garrett, when you start yawning for your show. I'm just tired, man. Shush. (laughs) Just tired, dude. Shush. Oh, man. I was like, he's yawning. Like, I'm going to say something about that. (laughs) I'm just tired, dude. Oh, man. I know. That was just funny. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We're going to get into my show now. <laughs> so we are Heat Wave. We're hot off the heels of a brawl to remember. We have a new television champion in Mia Yim who survived a hellacious parking lot brawl against Casey Carlisle. But it's just the beginning as she will be in action tonight defending the TV title against Piper Niven. Plus, we'll hear from Jordan Grace, and then tonight's main event will determine the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship in a Tag Team Gauntlet match. So let's send it to ringside for our opening contest. Match one is Hamada versus Beta Scott. Real quick opening match, Hamada picks up the win with the Hamada driver. Uh, we got Taya taking on Sheeta. Taya wins after a grueling back-and-forth match. Taya, Taya was able to dodge Sheeta's running knee and picks up the win with the road to Valhalla. Television Championship, Mia Yim defends against Piper Niven. Mia wins via DQ after Casey hits the ring and attacks Yim. Niven, upset with Casey's attack, lays out Casey with the snake bite. Uh, we got a promo from Jordan Grace. She says, I survived the triple threat match at a brawl to remember what a grueling match it was. We beat the hell out of each other and left Kong locked up somewhere. I honestly don't know if anyone let her out because I haven't seen her all day. But we move on to new business. Taya Valkyrie 
the new number one contender. The only thing I can say is good luck because at witching hour, you're going to need it. We move into our next match of the night, which is Rachel Ellering, Ellering taking on Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna picks up the win with the Fujiara arm bar after working over Rachel's arm for the majority of the match. And then the tag team gauntlet main event to determine the number one contender for Demon Bunny's tag team championship. We have Delicious, Vicious, and Delicious. The team of Nyla Rose and Mandy Rose picking up the win after entering as the third team defeating Punk Rock Riot. Divas of Doom and Beautiful People entered in at one and two. Both teams were counted out after breaking out into a brawl at ringside. Obviously, the business between the two of those teams are left unfinished. Hopefully, we can get a resolution to that very soon. Uh, Demon Bunny make their way to the stage and stare down Nyla and Mandy to close out the show. Delicious and delicious. I like it. I indeed like that. Oh, what shows? That's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Say, I'm assuming Chris is coughing up a lung. Or he could be um, dying. Uh, Chris was diagnosed with COVID 19 uh, yesterday. <laughs> Jeez. How would you know? Um, he sent me uh, a message like, hey, Carl, I think I'm dying. I'm like, what seems to be the problem, Chris? And he's like, uh, I've been coughing uh, nonstop. I can't taste anything. Um, I was like, hey, Chris, you probably have COVID. You should probably get checked out. Uh, they had a life I mean, to. Pretty sure drugs uh, do that to you, too. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I don't know where you went. You uh, you were talking, and then you muted your mic. So, can you hear him? Because I still can't hear. Nope. I cannot hear him. Okay, you, it sounded like you were talking to him. There okay, you. there you are. I, I think I, I unmuted my mic and then somehow I muted oh, it. Oh, I heard you mute it. I heard uh-huh. it mute. I was like, what the hell, man? So I'm sitting there like trying to like go through like the spiel and <laughs> so... <laughs> all right. But uh, as I was trying to say before my dumb ass muted my mic again, <laughs> the fate of our shows is in your hands. We're going to put the vote up on Twitter and on the Facebook group. Uh, so check out facebook.com slash Pod, which I forgot to do all this earlier, so you're going to get it now. Uh, Pod with 1D, uh, Twitter, Pod with 1D, to vote for which show you thought was better this week. And, of course, at the end of the four-week vote, the losing show, the show with the least amount of votes total for each week, will be singing some random karaoke, as you heard last week, with Garrett's amazing rendition of Kiss Me by Sixpence Numb the Richer. <laughs> oh man, that was it was amazing. So, 
Yeah. So, yeah, we'll go through that. And that's pretty much all that I've got. Be sure to follow us on social media. Um, I just gave you the Twitter, just gave you the Facebook, Instagram, WrestleGannon Pod with two Ds. You can buy our shit at redbubble.com slash people slash WrestleGannon Podcast. Um, check out our friends at the Run In Podcast, the Chick Foley Show, Wrestling with the Reality Podcast. Uh, if you're not listening to them by now, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which is like one of the, the best wrestling figure podcasts on the face of the planet. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got. So Carl, what you got for us? Theme of the week. Um, let's, have we did, um, uh, Chris Jericho's, uh, breakdown on walls. Yes. The very first. Have version. we done uh, Judas yet? Yes. Hmm. We've done all the Chris Jericho songs? Uh, minus WCW theme. I don't remember it. What was the WCW theme? It was pretty bad. It was like generic. Let's pick like a random Fozzy song. A random Fozzy song? Yeah. Okay. Uh, We'll do... um, This might be the new theme song for uh, AW. um, It's called Nowhere to Run, Fozzy. Nowhere to Run by Fozzy. All right. That is our theme of the week, Nowhere to Run by Chris Jericho's band Fozzy, as we continue to celebrate 30 years of Chris Jericho. All right. Okay, so that's going to wrap up another edition of the Wrestling Gunner Podcast. As always, I'm Chris the Heat Matthews. He's Garrett G. Money Mun and the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Show your support. Buy some shirts, some masks, some stickers, all that fun stuff. Redbubble.com slash people slash WrestleGettin Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us. Retweet. Tell your friends. You put your, your neighbor candlestick maker, the guy that re-leathers your shoes, the dude that's laying your wife's carpet, all that fun stuff. Um, the milkman, the plumber that's laying pipe to your wife. <laughs> whatever just 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 tell everybody tell them all it's like hey check out this podcast it's called the wrestling Gun podcast these guys are fucking awesome they're the bad boys of wrestling podcasts you should totally check them out yeah that's all i got yeah okay. Okay. we'll catch you guys next week later marks if we get here, Carl, you totally cut out on that entire thing.
My better man too, so it could be my connection. Yeah, but you can. <laughs> oh, uh, Russell, get whatever I said was fine. <laughs> 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 oh, <yeah. laughs>